Free Talk Live. You are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Michael. Aria is normally in with us on a Monday night, but Aria is working because... She's, she's at her other job right now because apparently a whole bunch of people at her other job had to go out of town for some reason. Sometimes that happens. Well, hopefully she'll be back next week. The number, if you'd like to call in, is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. And in order to not talk about shootings in America or Donald Trump's thoughts on them, we are going to talk about anything else. Uh, what do we got here? A thousand squat challenge? What is that? A, a thousand squat challenge. I, I only heard about this today. Apparently, the thousand squat challenge is where you... Do a thousand squats because your friend is also doing a thousand squats and you don't want her to beat you. I kind of think um, this is going to not go very far. You remember when the kids were setting themselves on fire mm. and eating Tide Pods? Eating Tide Pods, yeah. Oh, God, what else have they been doing? It's easier than those things. Yeah, a thousand. I mean, hard, excuse me, it's harder it's than harder, those yeah, things. Yeah, it's harder. harder. That, it is, it is, I mean, it's easy to eat a Tide Pod once yeah. you get past the taste. But, right, you just eat the Tide Pod. But uh, doing a thousand squats is really, really hard. It's exercise. Yeah. What's the story? Oh, goodness. It's uh, coming from RT.com. And uh, the author, oh, shoot. What's the author's name here? They, do they not have uh, authors in Russia? I don't know. Whatever. I'm sure they do. It's from RT. Two Chinese girls end up in intensive care after attempting 1,000 squat challenge. My tablet is not cooperating. Well, in the latest installment of viral fads gone wrong phenomenon, two Chinese girls, teenage girls, exercise their way into intensive care, having taken part in the truly hellish sounding <laughs> 1,000 squat challenge. Yeah, I mean, this is something you do like 10 of them, you rest, you do another 10 of them, and you're probably done. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you could do more. Most people could could, could handle more than just a few body squats. Maybe, but maybe 20, 20, 50, maybe 100. I, I think th- 100 a is, is a real challenge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are people out there that can can go farther than 100 without too much trouble. Right. But, I, you know, I'm I'm working with a personal trainer and have been for a few months now just to basically be not because I don't know what to do, but because I won't get my butt out of bed in order to do it if I don't have the appointment. So I've got the appointment and uh, I, I there's no way I could I, I wouldn't be unwilling to do a thousand squats uh, because I think that something similar would happen to me as it did to these young ladies, which was not very pleasant. Yeah, it's something you got to work up to. You just don't just wake up one day and do a thousand squats. Yeah, what started out as an innocent competition between two friends had very serious consequences for 19-year-old Tang and her pal as the pair battled out squat uh, to outsquat each other in Chongqing, China. Sorry, Chinese listeners. The uh, teens who took turns doing one squat at a time, sort of alternating via video call, and they're uh, obstinance quickly t- saw them rack up impressive numbers. We did not, we both did not want to lose, and so we kept trying to beat each other, resulting in us completing 1,000 squats, Tang now, told uh, the Chinese press. Now, for having, I, I presume that neither of them has ever done anything like that before, so it's it's an amazing feat that they were able to do that and that. Continue to walk. Yeah, and continue to walk, but. 
But uh, I guess apparently they weren't able to continue to walk. Yeah, as unappealing as it may sound, doing a thousand squats in a row has become a trend among fitness fans, and videos of people attempting the challenge have generated millions of views on YouTube. Wait, it wasn't just these two? People have actually tried to copy this? uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that this was, they were doing it because of, they're just the worst case scenario. And oh. it is the worst case, ladies and gentlemen. Just hold on here. The the teenagers uh, felt a bit, he, she, that's Tang, felt a bit sore in the aftermath of the grueling session, but she managed to go to work as normal the next day. It wasn't until the following morning that the true impact of the workout hit her, and she realized that something was drastically wrong. First of all, my leg was not only sore, but I couldn't bend it. And then I went to the bathroom and found that my urine was brown. Oh, Tang's my. boyfriend rushed her to the hospital where she was diagnosed with... Uh, Rambdomylosis, a serious condition in which the kidneys can't process all the waste content floating in the blood because the rapid breakdown of muscle. The illness can cause serious kidney damage and can even be fatal. Luckily for Tang, the doctor successfully managed to rehydrate her with a drip and she was released after her condition had cleared up. A phone call to her friend revealed that she was hospitalized in the aftermath of the workout also and highlighting how close the girls came to causing serious damage to themselves. Yeah, that's something yeah. you got to work up to that. You just, 1,200 might have killed them. Yeah, it, it very well could have. I mean, <laughs> yeah, don't don't combine this with eating a Tide Pod, I guess. I, I, certainly not. That would have taken them out, I would suspect. I, um, I don't know. I guess there's enough people doing this that you – it's probably the fitness buffs. You know, these CrossFit people, mm-hmm. they can handle this stuff because they, they do this. They're already in shape. Right. So, I mean, the the Asian lady doing squats here on the uh, the, the in the, the, ran- the video it, I've got here. You just randomly run across a video that, that about doing a thousand squats, and you say, "Oh, I want to do that," but I've never done a single squat in my life. You're going to end up like this. It's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be bad. So anyway, I think it's kind of funny when these kids do these challenges, and I think everybody else does too. Uh, your thoughts on it, 855-450-3733. hope the girls are okay in the long run. 855-450-FREE is in freedom. It's fun and games until someone loses a kidney. You're right. Let's go to Bill calling in from North Carolina. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, uh, personally, I support same-sex marriage as long as both chicks are hot. What? what? <laughs> I said I support same-sex marriage as long as both chicks are hot. All right. Same-sex marriage as long as both chicks are hot. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Well, that wasn't what he had listed as his uh, uh, thing, but it was, uh, well, better crank than we've had in a mm. long time, honestly. <laughs> it was. I, You know, I his accent was so strong I couldn't understand him at first. You think it was his accent? Or just yeah. him faking an accent. It could it could have been a fake accent. It I support been... both same sex marriage as yeah. long as both chicks are hot. Yeah, I just, I just couldn't understand it at first. Yeah, I. <laughs> well, you're rather generous in presuming that uh, that that was a. Uh... Speaking of uh, hot chicks, I don't know if these two gals uh, were uh, attractive at all, but they they probably didn't look that great in the hospital mm-hmm. after doing a thousand squats. Yeah, they, nobody looks great in the hospital. No. The lighting's all wrong. <laughs> it's too much fluorescent in there. I um, uh, I just, 
I, I don't know whether I think this is going to catch on too too much after this sort of warning tale here of these two gals and then how difficult it is just to do a thousand squats. I kind of think we're all safe from the, the rash of teenagers dying uh, hopefully due so. to this I, particular challenge. Hopefully we don't have someone actually die from, from trying this. I hadn't I hadn't heard of this challenge yet so I until today, so I don't. I don't know how popular it really is. But, but do you remember when then, like a few years ago, they were setting themselves on fire? Oh my! Yeah. They were like putting like alcohol on themselves and then lighting it and what will this do? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! You don't know what that's going to do. Well, it's going to, you know, I mean, even people doing it in the shower, but then like they're setting their shower curtains on fire and mm. all kinds of things. It's just a generally bad idea to set yourself on fire. Yeah. I, is there video of that? Because I, I would like to see. Oh, that. yes. There's video. Just uh, the set myself on fire challenge or whatever that's called. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I must have missed that one. <laughs> oh, no. It's out there. It There's plenty of it. I mean, I, I've never watched a video of a kid eating a Tide Pod either, but I'm sure that it's out there. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen the news stories on that one. I Well, yeah, just because I've seen the news stories doesn't mean I've seen the uh, the kid eating the, the actual Tide Pod. Just I have to, you know, there's just reports of kids eating Tide Pods. And I, I suppose if you've grown up with candy and little wrappers or whatever, you know, fake colors and little wrappers, that a Tide Pod might look delicious to you. Yeah, I guess it might. But, you know, it's in this package that says Tide, Tide is laundry detergent. If you, go, if you manage to get to 16 years old without knowing that. Yeah, it's not good. 855-450-3733-855-450 free here on Free Talk Live. talk live call in talk about whatever's on your mind it's it's mark with you and michael the number 855-450-3733 we just talked about the apparently uh fad sweeping the internet the thousand squat challenge yeah don't try this at home kids yeah i don't recommend this really to anybody who hasn't uh Already made it up to 500 squats. So, <laughs> good luck. All the best to you. Whatever. If you don't make it, then you're cleaning out the gene pool. I don't care. So, um, I, I guess we really can't avoid talking about this stuff as much as I want to, Michael. Donald Trump wants to ban video games or something. <sighs> That's what he says. In it's uh, from the Independent here. I don't it's, actually uh, have this up. Andrew Griffin writing over there. He uh, goes on, video games are partly to blame for mass shootings. Donald Trump has uh, said games that celebrate violence should be discouraged and made harder to buy, the president suggested. We must stop the glorification of violence in our society, he said during a speech in the wake of a spate of shootings. Wait, 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 hold on. Trump has been Trump has spent his whole presidency glorifying violence. What How is so? he talking about? He's 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 encouraging the white nationalists. He's he's openly racist. He's well, I mean, how does he encourage the white nationalists? I hear this these things said, but I'm not exactly sure how it's done. Yeah, that's a good question because I didn't actually bring that in, but I have seen this. I have seen this myself. So the claims are, are out will, there. I don't know what uh, exactly uh, Trump does to encourage white nationalists. I've heard in the the wake of the Charlottesville 
shooting, he or not shooting the uh, the death in Charlottesville, the protests and all that stuff. It said that uh, there were good people on both sides yeah, or something. Good people on both sides. That's what he said. Right. And that would include there are good Antifa people, presumably. I don't know who, who these people are. And good Nazis. And good. Uh, well, I mean, did they say they were Nazis or? You know, I don't think I think it was a coalition of people, and I'm not sure which ones are good and which ones aren't. Um, I wouldn't claim to know, but it just seems like everybody's quick to presume that Trump is, you know, encouraging racists. And maybe it's true. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know, but I'd like to see the evidence. And, uh, you know, I've I've heard that in of itself means I'm enabling racism Hmm. just because I want to see the evidence. So I don't know. I don't know. It seems reasonable to me to want to see the evidence, so I'll go get that for you. I don't spend any time uh, looking this stuff up if he's, uh, you know, he, he's not my candidate. I didn't vote for him. You know, you you got Donald Trump because the Democrats let Hillary Clinton get away with stacking the deck, attempting, at the very least, if not actually cheating, attempting to cheat, preparing herself to cheat mm-hmm. for the uh, the Democratic nomination. Yeah. If they would have put up anybody else but uh, bernie sanders was the next closest competitor if they'd allowed him to win instead of you know all the super delegates saying yep it's time for hillary mm. then you wouldn't have had the most distasteful, distasteful woman in america running against the most distasteful man in america and had the the outcome that we had yeah that's that's true but you know we can't go back in time and fix that nope can't do that this includes the gruesome and uh, grisly video games that are now commonplace, apparently. No. We must stop the glorification of violence in our society. It's too easy today for troubled youth to surround themselves with a culture that celebrates violence. We must stop or substantially reduce this, and it has uh, has to begin immediately. Yeah, I want to know what he's talking about there. A culture that celebrates violence? What does this have to do with video games? I guess uh, immersing yourself in a first-person shooter is immersing yourself in violence. Hmm. I it's, it's it's fake violence. It's not real. It's not even it's not even something that makes you want to go out and and shoot real people. So when I would watch Bruce Lee movies when I was young, or uh, The Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno. We'd, you know, I mean, uh, we'd have friends over. We'd be running around in our tidy whities going, Rah! you know, pretending to be the, the Hulk and then jumping on each other and mm. doing that kind of thing. You know, spindly little white kids and tidy whities jumping on each other. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, with Bruce Lee, we'd be karachi chopping and, and doing everything that we imagined that one would do. We're terrible at it, but whatever. It didn't make a difference. Yeah. I just, you know, I just said you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. So <laughs> it usually worked. You wouldn't so. like me when I'm angry. The president did not give any details on what form uh, that crackdown might take or how it would be launched. On Saturday, a shooter killed 20 people at a Walmart store in El Paso. By the way, that number has crept up, sadly, because uh, people have died at the hospital. From their injuries? Yeah. In what authorities said appeared to be a racially motivated crime... Hours later, another gunman killed nine in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, it was a terrible weekend. Yep. Comments came in, uh, a speech addressing the shootings in which Mr. Trump also blamed the Internet for radicalizing those who conduct violent attacks. He spoke about the dark recesses of social media sites and the danger that they can do. He also spoke about mental health reform and condemned racism and bigotry and white supremacy. 
No connection has ever been meaningfully established between violent video games and violent behavior, and the relationship between the two continues to be debated by academics and experts. Yeah, that much, that much is true. This is this is not new either. I mean, people have been complaining, or people have been saying rather, that violent video games cause people to become violent ever since there were video games. I mean, God. I think the first video I was just reading on Wikipedia, the first violent video game came out in 1976. Okay. It was called Gremlins, and it was a, it was very primitive. It, you, you remember how Pong looked, right? Yeah. It looked a lot like that. So it was called Gremlins, and what you had to do is you had to run over the Gremlins, and you had to avoid if... If you ran, if someone, if you ran over a gremlin, it would turn into a gravestone, uh-huh. and you had to avoid the gravestones while running over the gremlins. I see. So people called this violent. Well, if you're a gremlin, you'd think so. <laughs> I yeah, I suppose so. But but you know the thing is they they managed to uh, the the video game industry managed to get the government to kind of back off of regulating them back in the 90s by forming the ESRB, the Entertainment Software Review Board, right. that, and so that they rates rate, video games. They currently rate video games, and there's an M for mature. There's M for mature. There's uh, And I think that currently young people can't purchase an M for mature yeah, game. Yeah, if you try to go into GameStop or whatever and buy one of these M games, they'll they'll card you. I don't think I'll get carded for anything anymore, so I don't know what this well, is like. If you are if you're a teenager. Maybe, you at look the, young. You know, maybe at an AARP rally, but that's about it. I think I'm eligible in two more years. I, I think it's only 50 hmm. that one has to be. So they're not going to card me for anything. Yeah, probably uh, not. Yeah, I'm just not going to get carded anymore. But um, I, I I think that they basically make it hard for young people to buy uh, informature games. But yeah, now they download them, don't yeah. they? What's, I'm sorry? Don't they download video games? Yeah, these days you just buy them on Steam and download them. So it, It's not something you go into the store for anymore. How do you prevent young people from... Yeah. Downloading video games on Steam, then. Good question. I, I mean, don't know. I, 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 I've never, I've not had to face this because I haven't been under eighteen, and I don't. Uh, I, I, I can't even imagine what they would. Uh, you know why young people, particularly, uh, you know why they rate something mature or whatever? Because some of the video games I see my son playing, I mean, you know. It's armies fighting against each other, and there's some slashing and stuff like that that goes on. Okay. Well, you know, whatever. 855-450-3733. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. Local.bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever you want. We're talking about Trump threats to uh, ban video games. God knows, couldn't be anything else that's causing all the problems in America. It's got to be video games. Yeah, the, it's 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 violent video games that are driving people to go out and commit mass shootings. So I was, uh, Michael, I was listening to NPR on the way in, as I often do. I, I like to listen. Uh, you know, there's really only two talk stations here in little old Keene, New Hampshire, and I just don't want to listen to uh, you know the commercial talkers on the way in to work. I'd rather listen to NPR. I like the uh, 
Kai Rizdal or whatever that uh, financial wrap-up show is. Mm-hmm. Apparently not that great with uh, their names. I haven't listened enough over the course of five years to, to remember what the name is. But anyhow, um, they were, they've been talking recessions. And just the, there's some indicators out there for a recession and that somehow uh, just those indicators apparently have driven up the price of Bitcoin BTC here. I believe it. In the last day or so, it's up like 1300 bucks or something. And if so, if there's a recession, it's people want to find places to go uh, to put their money. Uh, so they need to have some they have money. That's why they're in the stock market. If a recession comes and there's a downward turn, they're going to take their money out and put it someplace. Yeah, it has to go somewhere. It's either going to go into gold or real estate or crypto. And crypto is easy to get in and easy to get out. And it has this sort of uh, newness and uh, gravitas that it hasn't had before. I expect that although I'm not in the same boat as John McAfee, in which I (laughs) literally intend to eat body parts if I'm wrong that it doesn't go to a million um, or whatever. I don't even know what his numbers are. I think it's two million now that he's doubled down. Yeah, well, it was half a million at first, and now he's saying a million. Okay, whatever his numbers are, I do think that some crypto bears are going to get wealthy here in the next few months if this recession actually turns into a recession. If it doesn't, then I don't know. But uh, Bitcoin's certainly up from a few months ago, whereas at $3,000, now it's sitting at 11000 Yeah, 11000 I just looked it up, 11800 It was at 10300 yesterday, so that was, that was a big uh, These big are jump. huge jumps, and people continue to poo-poo it. I mean, I'm, I know somebody bought in at 20000 out there, still waiting uh, to get their money back, and will probably bail right when it hits $20,000. Um, you know, then they'll feel like, I can't believe I got out. Mm. And maybe, I don't know, whatever it is. If you want to find out more about this whole cryptocurrency thing, I think the place to start is Bitcoin.com. Yeah, Bitcoin.com has has been great. Not only do they have great videos uh, to you know tell you how to you know get a what what is Bitcoin first, um, how to get a, a wallet, how to purchase some Bitcoin cash for the wallet, and basically take care of you every step of the way, and then provide real news that surrounds cryptocurrency. And then they also have created an online marketplace called local.bitcoin.com that you can go there and check out. But it allows you to buy, sell, buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods. Um, and there's no ID requirements or sign up um, to sign up and uh, to use the site. And all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. This is really nice stuff and really fits with the uh, culture of cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. It's bitcoin.com. You won't be disappointed. It's a great site. It's you know, it should be one of the biggest sites on the internet. It's I don't all, know if it is yet. Well, person to person, I did make a couple of trades on on local.bitcoin.com, and it, they went pretty smoothly. Yeah, I had, I had like one or two people cancel too, but you know that happens sometimes. Yes, it does. Bitcoin.com. Going on with the story from the Independent here, where Trump is uh, talking about how he's. Uh, Going to ban video games or something? Do you have, by the way, did you look up uh, some some evidence that Trump is a racist? It seemed like you were you know, doing that I during was, the break. I was distracted during the break and I didn't. No, okay, it. okay. Um, in February, for instance, a study found that there was no evidence that uh, that who play video uh, violent video games are more prone to real world aggressive behavior than their peers, and that the link between the two had been overstated. 
The idea that violent video games, as quote marks here, drive the real-world aggression and is a popular one, but it hasn't been tested very well over time, said the lead researcher, Andrew Przybulski, I don't know, uh, director of the research at the Oxford Internet Institute, who conducted one of the most comprehensive studies yet undertaken. Yeah, the actual, the actual evidence for this just isn't there. What's that? For, for violent video games causing ah. people to be violent. Okay. Yeah, Trump has uh, reportedly suggested that there be a better regulation of video games to limit the damage that they could do to young people uh, who play them. I don't even know that I've heard that any of these shooters particularly were gamers. I mean, I think it would be yeah, hard to claim that any young person at this point isn't a gamer. But I don't even know what a gamer is. It, it, it's a gamer. It's somebody who plays video games. But uh, I guess gamer in that in that sense, like the pejorative sense, is somebody who's uses who plays video games and is also like I don't know an incel or something. Well, I think that there's different types of video gamers. So I used to play console games, mm-hmm. and there's I know from playing console games that the people who played on PCs didn't think much of us. The yeah, console there, gamers. There's always been that that uh, divide between console gamers and PC gamers. PC gamers looking down on console gamers and console gamers wondering what, why. Right, exactly <laughs> what. I bought a machine that is made to play, and it, I enjoy it. Yeah, this it. is made for gaming. Why are you looking down on it? Well, let me ask you this, then. What about the people who play Candy Crush on their cell phones? Are they gamers? Are they gamers? It, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, blue-haired ladies out there playing Candy Crush. My understanding is that they're casual gamers. Okay, they're casual gamers now. Okay. So if you talk about somebody who plays one video game per week or month or some, you know, period of time, then you're talking about, and that's just a sort of, if you call somebody who plays once a month a regular gamer, you're talking about a very high percentage of America. Yeah, that's that's a lot of people. I mean, just just people that play a couple hours on the weekend. If you're just that's talking, a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about people who play, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm thinking about my parents here for a second. My mother mm-hmm. plays solitaire on her computer, and my and does puzzles on her uh, on her iPad. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law plays Candy Crush or some three-match game, and my father-in-law plays some old version of Civilization that he still has. Yeah. And he just wants to attack and, and uh, take over cities. <laughs> Does Which, it work? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's fine at it. He's gotten quite good. I, I imagine that's what mostly people want to do in Civilization. But are they all gamers? It's hard for me to imagine that these septuagenarians would all fit the definition of Somebody yeah. who rigorously uses this term gamer is a gamer. Yeah, but it, de- it depends on your definition. But I think the people that are using this term gamer don't have your parents in mind. No, I don't think they do. And I also think that, well, I don't think the young people that are using it to describe them, the self-describing themselves or saying that girls can't be gamers or uh, the people that are attending the e-games where in New York City, as I get it, um, let's see. E-games just reached like a hundred million or something like oh, that. Esports, and esports. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I've, I've I've heard of esports. That's uh... it's hard for me to take that crap seriously <laughs> as an old person. You know, like what? I have no idea what you're talking. Are you kids or whatever this is? My but... my understanding of esports, and I could be wrong because I'm not really involved in this, is that that 
in esports, you're playing a video game, but you're playing it against other players. Right. As I understand it, Fortnite has become very popular, mm-hmm. as is Overwatch. Overwatch, uh, StarCraft, things like that. There's a few of them that are very popular amongst these groups, and it's highly competitive. And apparently the ladies uh, claim, that the claim is the ladies are being harassed. And what does harassment mean? Probably anywhere fr- from, uh, you know, you can say something mean to somebody who just beat you or you just beat or whatever. It's not. It doesn't seem unlikely that people would do that, especially young, stupid people on the Internet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it right? happens. Just rubbing happens. Their, their nose in it. And I suppose if it's, a, if it's a young lady, they'd tell her to get back in the kitchen and make them a sandwich or whatever. I don't know if I call that harassment, but it's certainly gender-based. It is. It is. I, I don't know. Whatever. Your thoughts? 855-450-3733. 855 free as in Free Talk Live, or you can check out our Discord rooms if you go to discord.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Call in. Talk about whatever you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Michael. want to thank John Rolstead, who's a silver amplifier. And you could be an amplifier, too, if you go to amp.freetalklive.com. Why would you want to do that? Well, there might be a couple of reasons. One I can think of is you support the ideas of liberty and understand that Free Talk Live with its 200 radio stations and hundreds of thousands of listeners. Well, I don't even know how you count them. Like if you yeah, count the p- amount of people who've listened over time, I think you can safely say more than a million more listeners. More than a million, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I don't know what the I don't know how you count these things, but millions of listeners, whatever. If you realize that we reach a lot of people, and we do it with no cost. I mean, so we're reaching more and more people. The Then you'll realize that we're the best use of your liberty-oriented dollar. For five bucks a month, that's all we ask. Yeah. Uh, to join the AMP program, you get to amp.freetalklive.com. Another thing you might value, maybe you don't like the ideas of liberty. Maybe you're like, that's well, that's not exactly right. Or you guys don't like the ideas of liberty the way I like them. Maybe you just like free speech. Because here on Free Talk Live... It's pretty easy to get on the air, and it's pretty easy to get your ideas across. Now, it's possible to get yourself banned, as uh, one listener has uh, you know, so famously managed to do. It, but it takes a whole lot of work to do that. It's a lot of like threatening the hosts and things like that, and, and generally other people. you know. So mostly free speech here on Free Talk Live. So it's amp.freetalklive.com. We'd love to have you. In the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, Michael, apparently you did scour the internet and uh, found somebody's list of, of, of reasons why Trump is a racist. It's an, it's, it's an extensive list going all the way back to the, to the 70s. Can we do uh, like, you know, the, the more recent, uh, uh, you know, stuff? I mean, I, when they play that old, uh, you just grab them by the crotch a uh, little bit, I, I guess somehow I'm not impressed uh, I would say that certainly Trump's claims that Barack Obama was not born in the United States could be interpreted by some as some form of racism, but 
Also, this is what politicians do. They find a parade and they jump out in front of it. Hmm. Yeah, they do that. There are people who genuinely believe Barack Obama was not born in the United States. I'm not saying they're right. I will say that Barack Obama acted like an a-hole. Because if somebody asked me, Mark... Are you? Were you born in the United States? And I said, well, I'd say, yeah, I guess I was born here in the uh, geographic uh, political designation known as the United States, specifically in Sarasota, Florida. Well, I want you to prove it. Hmm. And uh, then I, I got out that, you know, I, I sent some very uh, sort of uh, digital looking certificate of, you know, the proof of... Uh, the birth certificate. The, well, the birth certificate that Obama released wasn't like my birth certificate. And he's about my age, so it mm-hmm. should be, presumably. It should have a little print on it from your foot or print on it from your hand. And, Mine didn't. Okay, well, whatever. And it should be a sort of a half a sheet of paper typed. Yeah, mine, mine looked like that. It was it was like a like some kind of standard form. It said certificate of live birth at the top. And yeah. it's got all the little fields you, that they fill in. They, they type it, and somebody signs it at the bottom. And But that's not what Barack Obama's looked like, right. the one that they released. The one that they released very, looked very much like something someone in Hawaii said, yes, yes, this man was born here, absolutely, and just sent out something. And if somebody question, if I sent that thing out and then somebody questioned it, I'd say, all right, well, here's a, uh, my birth certificate, but I'm going to black out a few things that, uh, you know, that I'll have somebody on my team black out a few things that might be considered you know, important. I don't know. I mean, so I have my lawyer look at it and we'll release this and then at that point you'd think that would be sufficient i also would say that the fact that we don't currently have some the only requirement to be president of the united states all the only basically the, the the one thing that satisfies the only requirements to be the president of the united states is a birth certificate pretty much so a birth certificate to say when and where you were born and for whatever reason the founding fathers determined that one must be born on this particular plot of land to be president. I'm not saying that people who were born on other ones are unqualified. I really never found this to be very uh, convincing. The only thing that I thought to myself was, why the hell wouldn't he just release this normal thing? I'd, again, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care and don't want to drag this up. I just thought, huh, it really looks like he's teasing these people. And if you tease people as their, as their leader... You're a jerk. Mm, yeah. Is Donald Trump a jerk? Donald Trump's a jerk, too. Oh, yeah. So here you got me on the record in the same sentence. Barack Obama, Donald Trump, jerks. That they are. All right. That they are. So, so yeah, this, this this thing is so extensive, I could literally read the story for the rest of the show. Yes, and not you say absolutely so, could. Uh, but I will, I will kind of summarize. And- As a candidate and President Oops. Trump has made uh, many more racist comments. Okay. On top of all that history, Trump has repeatedly made racist, almost often explicitly so, remarks on the campaign trail and as president. Okay. Trump launched his campaign in 2015 by calling Mexican immigrants racist who are bringing crime and bringing drugs. Okay. First off, Mexican's not a race. It's a nationality. Nope, but that, that it is, and, and they do get into that later. Secondly, um, I think that you could certainly rapists and criminals have crossed the border of the Mexi- uh, you know, the United States and Mexican line. Well, sure. I'm not saying that all the people who come, I would say the vast, I would say the majority of them are people that just want to work for a better life and are not, uh, you know, rape, rapists Rape, or rapists, whatever. criminals, whatever. Yeah, right. It doesn't surprise me that uh, Trump would 
use uh, terminology, you know, exaggerate the number of rapists or criminals that have crossed the border in order to get votes because that's what right-wing talkers do all the time. Mm. There, When you start wanting to ask them about, okay, what about crimes committed by illegals? Well, we can't get criminal statistics. All right, what about crimes committed by Latinos? Well, that's basically the same as the crimes committed by Americans. And like they, they can't get nailed down. So what do they do? They just read stories that say, look, Julio Jorge uh, Rodriguez has, uh, you know, stolen a car and raped a woman and done terrible things to her children, tickled her children on the bottom of the feather, right? Whatever that they say, and they just keep doing this crap over and over again. Yes. That, however isn't sort of what I would call explicitly racist. I mean, you know, to say that criminals have come across from uh, south of the border, they have. As a candidate in 2015, Trump called for a ban on all Muslims coming to the U.S., and his administration eventually implemented a significantly watered-down version of that policy. Again, Muslim is not a race. Muslim is not a race. Yeah. (laughs) So um, is he... You know, racially biased? Well, find some, excuse me, is he uh, religiously biased? Find someone with a religion and you will find somebody who's religiously biased. Mm. I mean, that's just sort of the nature of religion. That's true. If you believe one thing, you can't believe the others and the other people must be wrong. When Trump asked at a 2016 Republican debate whether 1.6 billion Muslims hate the U.S., Trump said, I mean, a lot of them. I mean, a lot of them. Just a lot of them. Uh, Okay, a lot of 1.6 billion people? Well, a lot is a lot, whether it is a small or large portion of uh, a Muslim. You know, uh, Trump is good at this dancing around thing. Do I believe that the racists, by and large, voted for Trump? Well, the racists that prefer Christians and the racists that prefer whites, yeah. Yeah. I do. But there are other racists. Oh, yeah, there are. He argued in 2016 that Judge Gonzalo Curell was overseeing the Trump University lawsuit should rescue, recuse himself from the uh, case because his Mexican heritage and membership in a Latino, Latino Lawyers Association uh, called such a textbook definition of racist comment. Uh, Paul Ryan said that. Okay. I don't even think that's a racist comment. If you're out there being judged for comments against Mexicans and you have a Mexican judge, I can see how you might feel that you are not going, going to get a fair shake. Hmm. Yeah, I'm that. I, I look. I don't go out running around saying bad things about any particular race, nationality, religion, or anything like that. Politicians. I I generally say bad things about politicians. I say bad things about judges. I don't expect a judge to give me a fair shake if he ever hears my show. For God's sake, <laughs> probably won't. As a matter of fact, once I get in the courtroom and I begin pointing figure fingers at him and the prosecution and how they get paid by the same folks, <laughs> I don't expect to get a fair treatment by these people. No, I expect won't. to get biased treatment. So the ex- expectation to get biased treatment. I guess that doesn't surprise me if you're from Donald Trump. And again, I'm not willing to call that racist. Yeah, but that's not because of your heritage, though. It's not, but I'm not. Um, the, his heritage. At this point, what I would say is, is that Trump may believe that he may not get a fair shake from a Mexican judge. A judge of Mexican descent, I think, is probably a, a safer way to say that, because I don't know where this uh, uh, Gonzalo Curel came from originally. Hopefully, he can uh, did come from south of the border and worked his way up, and is willing to sh- and is has the ability to show that one can do such a thing. One can be a hard working Mexican and come here and make a better life for themselves. I just don't buy the whole Trump is some kind of overt racist thing. I can see why you think it. Free talk live. 
Is oral health important to you? If you don't like your own teeth, fresh breath, or kissing people, then by all means, stop listening. Several years ago, I met Jessica Armand, founder and CEO of My Magic Mud, and I became passionate about the product that she created and never want to live without it. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, but I find it does much more. They want you to love My Magic Mud as much as I do, so they're giving you a money-back guarantee plus 20% off. Go to MyMagicMud.com and use coupon code FTL20 at checkout. MyMagicMud.com, FTL20. It's Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. It's If it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, then we're very likely live here taking your calls. Free Talk Live has produced a you know new and unique show for every day of the week, What's going back close to a decade 15, oh no, more than that. We've been on the air more than a decade. We've been doing seven days a week. We were doing six days a week for a while, five days a week for a period of time. Yeah, we didn't have a Sunday show until like 10 years ago, right? Yeah, I mean, way, way, way back, we were a weekend show Hmm. on just a Saturday night, but that's back in like 2004, just in Sarasota. Yeah, just in Florida. Right. So, um, yeah, we've been doing this for a hobby or for a living since, say, 2006, (laughs) and a hobby since 2002. Yeah, 2006 is about when I came on, I think. Yeah. All right, let's go to James, calling in from California. Get right to your calls here. James, you're on Free Talk Live. I predict you'll be retired. LRN.FM. It is hard to get banned here uh, from Free Talk Live, but, you know, yeah. so there, there at the very least is one person who has managed to do it. And, and that was him? Yeah. You'd think that he'd come to the conclusion he can't get on the air. It's not like I can't hear him. Uh, does he think I'm going to fall for it? Uh, I'm just going to start yik yakking with him. The, guy, the man has yeah. threatened to to kill my mother and my child. Yeah, that's screw that guy. That's that's about the only way you get banned from this show. And that, right. yeah, screw him. And, and he claims that's a lie. And I've got it in like quotation marks and footnoted. You know, like I've I write this stuff down and it's legally an affidavit. Now, why I can't get him arrested is beyond me. The uh that guy um uh, Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, mm-hmm. he managed to get some kind of stalker guy who bothered him in two weeks. Wham, bam! The you know the local police contact the FBI. They've got this all wrapped up. But well, you know, Ben Shapiro's show is just a little bit bigger than ours. When you say that, just a little bit. How many stations is he on? I don't know. I mean, we've been around for a lot longer. Is he's on a major network? I think it's because he's in a major city where they don't put up with that crap. Yeah, that versus Keene, New Hampshire, where uh, you know the the local police are bad at the free staters, and they're like, "You bring this stuff on yourself." Well, I'm not one of those people that you think is a problem. You've never seen me arrested, pal. Mm. But whatever, whatever. Can't get yeah. the, can't get any service out of a public servant, and if you don't like it, stop paying your taxes. Oh, don't do that because they'll take they'll throw you in jail or take your house away. So, um, yeah, we went through the article here on whether or not Trump was uh, was racist and, um, you know, from Fox.com, they're not they don't seem willing to take a 
side, although they do do a great job of sort of showing both sides here. One side says basically he's a bigot, but he's not racist. And I mean, as though bigot isn't strong enough of a word. Yeah, I, it's got to be racist. Well, you know, the thing about the thing about it is, it, does it really matter in the end? And they they do get into this at the at the very end of this article. Does it really matter if he's a racist or a bigot or some of both? Because do you really want a bigoted president either? I don't want anything. Um, when it comes to Donald Trump, he's in office because the Democrats were willing to put up with a liar and a cheat. Mm. And, you know, I don't know if Hillary Clinton did cheat in the uh, 2016 election. But it sure looked bad. But when she got Wasserman Schultz in and Kane out, and then Kane then becomes the vice presidential nominee, it all looks like a whole bunch of log rolling and back scratching going on. As though she was going to make sure she didn't lose to some young upstart one more time. And Bernie Sanders had a lot of momentum. Oh, yeah. And he couldn't get anywhere because the superdelegates, the entrenched Democratic, you know, people that are just, you know, super Democrats, right? They wouldn't let him get an opportunity. No, yeah, true. And if the, it hadn't been for the superdelegates, I think that he would have gotten a lot more momentum. And I think he would have won. He, prob- he probably would have. And, you know, there were a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters that, that just would not. They were so mad at Hillary that they would not vote for her. Right. There were Bernie Sanders supporters that switched over and voted for Clinton. There were ones that refused to vote, period. There were ones that went and voted third party. Mm-hmm. And, and then there were actually were, ones that went and voted for Trump. Then there were ones who went and voted for Trump. Now, I didn't vote for Donald Trump because I wasn't going to be responsible for what happened. I predicted his, his win um, in the Republican side, but I didn't really expect him to win against Hillary Clinton. I thought it was, I mean, it was close enough that um, I'm surprised that it, it went to him. But, I, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not going to vote for the guy because I don't believe what he believes. Hmm. I was willing to vote for Gary Johnson because in 2012, Gary Johnson said lots of sort of anti-war things. And I presumed that he would stick with some of those in 2016. It was the same guy saying them, although maybe they weren't as popular as they were. But, you know, I, you only have about four people you can vote for, the Democrat, the Republican, the Libertarian, and the Green. And those are the ones that have a statistical chance of winning because they have enough uh, states in which they could, that they're on the ballot in enough states. Right. And ultimately, it doesn't matter which one of you you vote or if you vote at all, because there hasn't been a uh, presidential election at this point that has been won by one vote. And you only have one vote. There isn't even been one that's been won by like a hundred or a thousand votes, has there? Um, the, yeah, Maybe I think a hundreds, hundreds down in uh, like a, more than a hundred down in Florida in two thousand. Oh 2000. yeah, the the Bush versus Gore. Yeah, yeah. And this most recent Hanging one was Chad. probably there was at least one state that was separated by hundreds of votes, but I think that was New Hampshire and that went to Clinton. So I couldn't say entirely as to what the case is. Anyway, going on here from Trump, and this is about him wanting to ban video games. So we got it kind of off track there with um, because people love to say Trump's a racist. And I just don't know what that means. I know what racist means because I could read a dictionary. Mm -hmm. But I've also heard uh, at this point, I've seen liberal types complaining that they don't like it when people trot out the dictionary to define racism or feminism. 
or excuse me, sexism. Yeah, I've seen that one too. And if that's the case, then if we don't have the dictionary anymore to define words, exactly where do we get our def- uh, dic- our definitions from? And that's, so that leaves me in a really weird spot. Going on here, he says, uh, this is from Trump. <clears throat> I'm hearing more and more people say that the level of violence in video games is really shaping young people's thoughts. And you go the further step, and that's the movies. You see these movies, and they're so violent. And yet kids are able to see the movie if sex isn't involved, but killing is involved, and maybe they have to put a rating system for that. There's already a rating system for that because, you know, we went through this a few decades back, too. And, you know... Well, don't forget that the comic books were even before that. Oh, yeah. So, back in the 1950s, they created the Comics Code Authority. And this was created because... Huh, why? Let's see. um, Really popular comics before, say, World War II uh, were like sort of detective stuff. Mm -hmm. Lurid, you know, certainly crimes that are committed. But crimes often have a lurid component to it. And then, you know, then the ones that are big and important are the war uh, comics, Mm -hmm. you know, from 1940 through 1945. These were the comics, you know, Fury and the Howling Commandos, Captain America, The Shield, and a whole bunch of others out there. And but then the war's gone. Comic books still need to sell. What are we going to do? Well, then you've got aliens, you've got horror, you've got romance, you've got a variety of them out there, and you do just about anything in comics. Sure, it's just a it's a it's a medium, right? Gla- graphic novels, and but they didn't want young people seeing these horror comics. The horror comics always had a big scary monster dragging off some uh, woman in her nightgown, right? Because, huh? Turns out that the people the people the the people who buy comic books are boys between the ages of say ten and sixteen. And boys between the ages of 10 and 16 can't get the nudie books, but they can get a comic book with a little side boob drawn in, right? Right. And, (laughs) you know, um, they actually had congressional hearings on comic books, and it scared the comic book industry. They they put their own rating system involved. Yeah. Every every medium, it seems like they're doing this. They probably did it with, uh, you know, Beowulf. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Talk live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. The number, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Michael. I want to tell you about the Discord lines. If you go to discord.freetalklive.com, that is, um, you know, it's a place where people are chatting, but you can also call in. We have four on-air call-in lines that are available to you right there. If you go to discord.freetalklive.com, you'll have to download an app, and there's a few steps involved. You have to create a username, that kind of thing. It's not difficult by any means. If you've been on the internet, you understand how this is done. But it's just a much better sound quality, if you call in that way. The sound quality is a lot better. You sound almost like you're right here in the studio with us. And even if you don't call in, you can chat with other other Free Talk Live listeners. Yeah, and the... Uh, you know, people, we were at one point using Skype and people sounded just as good mm-hmm. on Skype, but God, that Microsoft tech is just so invasive and nitty gritty. I, I mean, like it's, it, you couldn't turn the, the, the sounds off. I can't have it going bing, 
doop, 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 on the air. I can't have that. Yeah, so we had it, to dump it. Yeah, they, we had to get rid of it. And this is our, I think this is a lot better. We have lots of people, hundreds of people in that are, you know, signed up for our chat room here and they have a great old time. I'm, they're just chatting away right now talking about, oh, God knows what in there. So it's discord.freetalklive.com if you want to find out more about that. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, yeah, I've got this article here from the Ron Paul Institute. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about Tulsi Gabbard quite a bit here on Free Talk Live. Oh, and yeah. lots of libertarians are talking about Tulsi Gabbard because she is, uh, well, she's mildly anti-war, at least mildly anti-these wars. Mm-hmm. That she is. Yeah, that she's she a is. veteran. Uh, it's about the only thing that uh, distinguishes her from the other Democrats, but the other Democrats have nothing that distinguishes themselves from each other. It's basically like, well, I'm uh, I've been a politician for a long time. Well, I'm a woman and I haven't been a to- politician for as long. I am um, a black man and I've been a politician for a while. I'm a black woman and I've been a cop and a politician. Like it just that's yeah, all they got. What have you got? And there's really no distinguishing these candidates one way or the other. It's now it's uh, left to zingers and and these sorts of things. But I want to talk about Ron Paul's, uh, or at least Ron, the Ron Paul Institute's uh, article here on uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Before I do that, though, I want to talk about my magic mud. Ron Paul's from Texas. So is my magic mud. And they were big supporters of Ron Paul. I'll bet you he's used my magic mud. He may very well have. He's probably, most probably, been sent some My Magic Mud. I don't know why that should motivate you that Ron Paul has put My Magic Mud on his teeth, <laughs> but um, I certainly have put it on mine, and I would recommend you put it on yours, and here's the reason. Because oral health is important. Yeah, it Kissing is. people is uh, fun to do. People want to kiss people with better oral health. So there you go. Uh, my magic mud is black tooth powder made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay. Now, those are pretty natural ingredients, and if you know anything about them, good choices for a toothpaste. But not, o- and not only is it clinically proven to whiten teeth, but I feel like it gets my teeth cleaner. I'm confident that that's the case. They feel like they do when I get out of a, te- a tooth cleaning. So you can get... Your magic mud, and I recommend you do. As a matter of fact, I recommend so strongly that you do that if you listen to nothing else I say here on the air, if you hate me with a passion, like a guy who called in recently, Mm. I still recommend that you get my magic mud because it's good for your teeth. Most major health food stores uh, have it. Sprouts, Amazon, CVS, Natural Grocers. That's a that's a brand name, by the way. There's a place called Natural Grocery. Yes, I've been there. I haven't. And Walmart's <laughs> Natural Beauty Isle. I have been to Walmart's. But you can also go to MyMagicMud.com, which I have also been to. By the way, if you go to Amazon, they've got a sale right now mm-hmm. on some of their toothpastes, not the tooth powder. I don't know about the tooth powder. I didn't see that today. But I saw some toothpastes were on sale. 50% off. That's a big deal. And if you go there, make sure you leave a review because they appreciate that. But if you go to MyMagicMud.com, you can get 20% off with coupon code FTL20. Yeah. Now, I've been using their toothpaste, and that's just as good. Yeah, it's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it works as quickly as the tooth powder does, but... Um, you it know, still gets everything clean. It's, it's good toothpaste, there's no doubt. MyMagicMud.com, coupon code <laughs> FTL20. 
coming from the Ron Paul Institute with Daniel McAdams writing, I don't know who he is, but I will say that I have seen his articles, his name on articles in the past. So, um, you know, we'll go from there. Whatever. This is written sort of almost in the first person he's writing here. When BuzzFeed's Rosie Gray contacted Dr. Paul yesterday for a comment for her latest piece, Tulsi Gabbard is this election's Ron Paul. Dr. Paul and I discussed what the article might look like and how his comment might be used or misused. Knowing Gray was an obsessive Russiagate promoter and manic never Trumper. My view was that she would distort any Ron Paul quote to make it look bad for Gabbard, who Gray and the rest of the establishment journalists despise. He declined to comment. That's Ron Paul. Proving my suspicions, Gray nevertheless twisted his polite decline into a slap in Gabbard's face. It's not hard to spot Gray's spin from Ron Paul's decline. Here's the quote. Paul decided to comment for this piece, decided declined to comment for this piece through his spokesperson. Ron Paul Institute Executive Director Daniel McAdams, but another prominent, but other prominent libertarians and Paul insiders were eager to praise Gabbard. So, hmm. I guess that's a slap in Gabbard's face. If you think I, that Ron Paul's nuts, I guess. See how that works. Others were eager to praise Gabbard, but uh, Ron Paul declined. That's how a hit piece takes shape. Okay, yep. um, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Of course, Ms. Gray's email invitation for comment never let on that her intent was to attack rather than to report. I'm doing a piece about Tulsi Gabbard, and I was wondering if Dr. Paul might be available to speak to me for the story. Basically, it's about ways in which her campaign is thematically echoing Dr. Paul's presidential campaigns. Sounds innocent. Journalists like Gray are always innocent when they, uh, while they twist and manipulate the pieces of their stories into appropriately loaded assault weapons. No wonder Americans now believe that the media is more destructive than banks and large corporations. Yeah, it I mean, is. This, this one's this one's pretty obvious. Uh, I think that you know, like the people that find Tulsi Gabbard distasteful. Um, would already found Ron Paul distasteful. And they're like, any reasonable person would find Ron Paul distasteful. So they want to associate the two. Mm -hmm. I think there's an argument for what she's saying, but I mean, Tulsi Gabbard's campaign hasn't taken off like Ron Paul's did. Ron Paul was basically sucked into the vacuum that was his campaign. (laughs) I mean, you've got a point there. I mean, he, he, uh, I, I was, I was here, I was here in 2007 when he ran for the first time. And I I watched a lot of this happen. Right. I saw his very first speech, very first, very tentative speech at the 2007 Liberty Forum. Yep. And you can just see he goes from, I'm not sure I want to do this, to, to Ron right. Paul Revolution. Right. The room came down when I was in that same speech. Tears tracked down my face because I'd never heard a politician stand in front of a room and speak like Ron Paul had spoken about the things that he was speaking about. He, you know, I was really excited about them. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Yeah! 
Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Michael. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. I want to tell you about Edge Wallet. Michael, do you do you use this app? I the, do use Edge. I do use Edge Wallet. Yeah, I use Edge Wallet too. I have used many different cryptocurrency wallets, but Edge Wallet is my favorite. Not just because it looks like they named it after me, Mark Edge. <laughs> I'm but, not sure if they did or not. I just like the. Uh, it's slick. It's it works well. Uh, you know, it's fewer really problems, easy to use. Less terrifying than some wallets are out there have been in the past. You can use it on iOS or Android. You can buy, sell, trade, and securely hold cryptocurrencies right in your Edge wallet. You basically could run a whole uh, you know, trading account inside your Edge wallet yeah, if you wanted to. Yeah, just about. It's user-controlled. You own your own money. There's The Edge wallet folks don't have your private keys or anything like that. That's it makes it really important that you remember your username and password. And by the way, that's another aspect. Um, a lot of these wallets have these 12 words or 24 words that you have to write down, and mm-hmm. if you don't have them, then you don't get your money back or whatever. Um, well, Edge Wallet is a simple username name and password. You drop your phone in the toilet, look, look. you go get uh, you know your new phone, you put the Edge Wallet on, you use your username and password, you're in shape. So that's pretty cool. It's got support for BTC, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, and many, 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 many more. There's a lot of cryptos in there. Yeah, veteran team building since 2014, and you can secure your freedom at edge.app. Edge.app, as in A-P-P, edge.app. Let's go to the phones. We got Matthew calling in from Louisiana, listening on YouTube. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. All right, so... uh I don't know if anybody brought this up, but I don't think that Trump just really has come close to losing the election. It's about the only reason I'm motivated to vote for him at all, which is not a whole lot, is because he hasn't done anything to crush the oil industry. Uh, and Obama didn't crush us. He, he did hurt us, but he didn't crush us. But in the meantime, he's still subsidizing those stupid windmills and those you know, solar panels. Um, and now he's taken a ding at the Second Amendment and a ding at the First Amendment. Now, wait a second. Um, the on the uh, the solar panels, uh, I tend to agree with anything that's anti-wind. I think wind's a big uh, mess. But solar panels are getting better and better. Let me ask you this. When you say subsidy... Can they survive without subsidies? I don't know the answer to that. Seven. I can't tell you. I'm asking okay. you this. When you say subsidy, do you mean a tax break... For buying them, or do you mean that the companies like Solyndra um, are out there getting free money from the government? It's not a tax break that you get from buying the solar panels. Yep. It's a tax credit. Okay, tax credit. All right. If they tax, if they were just tax deductible, I mean, not an issue there. Uh, it's, it's a tax. But then you ought to do the same thing for somebody who puts it in a backup generator, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. So, uh, and I'm still free to express my opinion. You certainly so are. Far. I just, I just want to make sure what we're talking about here. So you're, you're, you're calling the tax credits subsidies, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I am. All right. Go on Same with your point. So uh, Donald and, Trump uh, has now taken a couple of shots at the Second Amendment. Yep, he's put a couple of dings in it. 
And uh, you go over to the Truth About Guns and you read the comments about this topic. Yep. You know, the red tag laws. Uh, and that's a deliberate mispronunciation because it's a communist idea that's going to get you in the butt. Uh, they are not happy over there about him. And I can't say it's I blame them. So, not one cop ticket. Well, you go over to the gamers' YouTube channels and they're just fit to be tied about him saying that violent the video games cause people to cook off and go shoot them up in, uh, you know, Walmart's at, or gun-free zones. Oh, by yeah, the way, it's totally Walmart ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I don't know that, um, you know, like I, uh, the problem with elections, because here in America, basically the elections are, you know, for when it comes to presidential election, you get two candidates, red and blue. And you, those are your choices. I don't see the yeah. Democratic candidate coming out and being any better towards guns or any better towards uh, video games out there. I would find that to be unlikely. So, Oh, it's very unlikely. But some people just may be in the war, uh, mood for, hey, let's have another civil war. You know, the first one worked out great. Uh, well, what, how does how the presidential election going to work into a civil war? Well, because if the... Uh, somebody gets in office that actually plans on gun confiscation at some point somebody who is a sympathetic figure to the public at large is going to have the old we're taking your guns thing away they're going to shoot back it's going to cause another Bundy style standoff and this time they're coming loaded for bear I don't know if they're going to come and, and take guns I mean I really don't think they're going to do that because it's it's so difficult. They to- don't have to. I've, I've been thinking about this for a little while. I don't. I don't think they actually have to come and take anybody's guns. Not not on a large scale. And the reason why is because people won't use them. Nobody in the middle of Texas, where everybody owns a gun and lots of people concealed carry, nobody shot back at this guy this weekend. No, no. You have to understand that store was. In fact, a gun-free zone. That's unusual for a Walmart, but Walmart managers can work with local law enforcement to decide the policy in their store. I think that was the, that shopping mall, actually. The, the shopping mall shopping next mall. to the Walmart. The shopping mall next door to it was uh, a gun-free zone. Yeah, too. that one I, that one I understand. Okay. From what I saw posted by a commenter on KeyTag. Well, so here's what they did in um, they did in Australia and they did in New Zealand. They did a gun buyback. Uh, assault weapon buyback combo they basically banned them and then they did a buyback at the same time now they haven't been very successful but at the same time no no one's selling them either and i think that people just go out and bury them in their yard for the big one you know and if that's the case then what good is a an assault rifle if yeah, it's buried in the backyard? Maybe you've got it uh, hidden in your house because you don't expect to get uh, your house shaken down or whatever. But I don't think they'll actually about, come door to door. The time you're thinking about burying them is probably the time you need to be digging them up. Oh, well, probably true. I totally agree with that. So well, I don't know I that... I, I, look, I... I agreed. Trump is not endearing himself to the the gun folks at this point, but it's and a long election cycle. Anybody who cares about liberty, agreed. But, you know, I would vote. I would vote for uh, the Libertarian Party, except for this no border, no wall, no USA at all thing y'all got going on. 
naked pandering to the Koch brothers. <laughs> and what they do? They go and support the Democrats. I did that Koch yeah. I, Well, this is the thing is I don't blame anyone for their vote in the presidential election. You've never heard me say, you should have done this or you should have done that, because the first and most important part is is your vote is in statistically insignificant. So I'm not going to get mad at you over something that didn't matter. Um, secondly, if you're mad at Trump over, I don't know, the way he treats Mexican people or the way he treats gay people or whatever, then okay. Th- does that mean you're going to go what vote for the Democrat? Done to gay people. I don't I know. Don't understand the homophobia. Everybody's got. Everybody is a vilified underclass. Okay. <laughs> Here you are, a gun owner, calling in, and uh, you're upset. That sounds like some kind of a French dish. Would you care for some vilified underclass? Well, that doesn't sound too bad right now. Um, yeah, I mean, so if somebody decides to vote for. The next, the, the Democrat, whoever that might be, maybe it's Warren, maybe it's Gabbard. I don't have any idea who it's going to be. I don't blame them. Um, you know, I'll advocate for the person that I think is uh, is a better choice. And the more I advocate, the more I believe in them, the more I'll advocate. I advocated pretty thoroughly for Ron Paul, but you know, since yeah, then I have. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for the the call, Matthew. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, y'all have a great night. Ciao. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. 855-450 free as in free talk live that's what spells out the letters or discord.freetalklive.com Professional broadcasters here. <laughs> the number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you and Michael. We're going on to this article here about uh, Tulsi Gabbard and how uh, the Ron Paul Institute was asked for some kind of quote on Tulsi Gabbard for an article that was supposed to be like, "Is Tulsi Gabbard the new Ron Paul?" or something like that, and. Uh, you know, the the article writer here is not happy at all about the way that Ron Paul was sort of drug through the mud is the way he sounds it. Um, but this anyway, he goes on. The others who are eager to praise Gabbard, um, these are libertarian sorts, are all non-Democrats. And that was the setup for her piece from the beginning. A former Ron Paul campaign aide was quoted as speaking favorably about her, along with a Reason magazine editor and a conservative Republican who once advised a Ron Paul presidential cam- uh, campaign. No Democrats, right? Um, so, yeah, I do praise Gabbard on some of her uh, policy, positions. policy positions and other ones I don't think are great. Um, I realize that there is going to be a Democratic nominee for president in uh 20 you know sometime uh happening here in 2020 so if there's going to be a nominee and there is then at this point my hope for that nominee is to be tulsi gabbard yeah she's one of the better ones we've seen from the current crop of democrats (laughs) yeah so um you know it's not that i'm hoping that she is president i'm not hoping that she is uh i'm not i'm not advocating that i may have a leader or whatever these uh libertarians out here that want to uh diss or have to say 
you know, look, I think that there are some great arguments against Tulsi Gabbard. But let's not forget that the president is the commander in chief of the United States military. That means that that they have the most power that they have, they have over the military. Now, if Tulsi Gabbard wants universal health care, single payer, whatever the other things are that she wants, all those things have to go through Congress. If Tulsi Gabbard wants to move 500,000 troops to Syria, she can do that without asking anybody. Yeah, well, yeah, presidents have been doing that for years. So... Do I advocate? Am I advocating that Tulsi Gabbard be, um, you know, the the next president of the United States? Let me think about it. Let me determine what I think about Trump here. I haven't really figured this guy out. He's just too mercurial for me. But at this point, he really hasn't fought himself. He hasn't claimed his own war, and I like that. I've heard from antiwar.com that he, uh, you know, that there's been plenty of drone bombing going on and that, uh, you know, making it very difficult to report on it because he doesn't uh, release any information like the Obama administration did. Uh, But, well, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I mean, what what can you say if the if the if they're not admitting to actually doing things that they're doing? Right. I don't know. I mean, you know, if I don't have the information, I don't have the information. Before I go on, I'm going to go back to the phones. I've got Jason calling in from Tampa. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live. How you guys doing tonight? All's well. What's on your mind, Jason? Uh, well, it, it, it alludes to, uh, uh, I guess, you know, the gun control that we're probably going to have to face. But it, it's a story. It's a bit of a moral dilemma for me, and I just I wanted to get you guys' take on it. And, sure. And hear me out. It, I mean, it's correlated, but it might take a minute. <laughs> but when I was when I was in high school, I was playing a baseball game, and the catcher was way too close, and I actually tapped his like on the first strike. I hit his glove. Okay. And I I looked back and I I told him I was like, dude, I hit your glove. And I told the umpire, and the umpire was like, did you hit his? Did he hit your glove? And the guy just he lied. He said no, he didn't hit my glove all right so on the neck and the guy mind you this the guy that was pitching through over 90 i can't touch 90 yeah i still today couldn't touch 90 this is a high school baseball so team figured, right okay so i figured um this is my out like this guy's gonna stick his glove out again and uh i'm not touching 90 so um i'm just gonna do what i have to do and <laughs> on the next pitch he threw the, the the catcher, you know, put his mitt out and instead of, you know, dropping down at like a forty five like you're supposed to yep. throwing the hands of the ball, I I chopped wood and I came down damn near at a ninety and I broke his hand and pulled his glove off. Oh wow. All right. Sad story. Yeah. I mean his his glove was out in front of uh home plate. And his hand was, he had three bones that I broke. Okay. And I, so my question, does that make me an ass? Does it make you an ass? Yeah. I don't know what it makes you. I, it seems like he was too close and it's a, you know, it's a violent game. I, 
I, do, I don't know what I think. I would have to sort of be there. Uh, the best I can tell from the description, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. Were you trying to tap his glove or you were trying to knock it off, knock his hand off? No, I, I, I broke his hand. Did you do it and, on purpose or did you, um, you know, were you trying to just get out of the game, you know, trying to get a walk because you tapped his glove? I don't really know how this wall works. Well, the the thing is, though, is like if the guy, if the guy was hittable, like if he was, you know, in mid mid 80s, like I, I probably don't take that route. But the fact that I tapped his glove on the first strike, I was like, you know what? I gotten out here. But what is the out? How did you get out? Uh, like what what happened? I beat his glove off his hand and broke his hand. I got gotcha. you. What did that result in in the game? I got on first base. Okay. Interference. I, I wasn't from. I'm not from a, a familiar enough with the game. I I, I get where you're going. I'll All right. So what I would say is is that I think that it was uh, it was over the top as a choice. Yeah. But you made your point. But it doesn't surprise me that two young men, um, you know, with all that testosterone flowing through them, would choose to make those choices because both of them really want to win. They both really want to do what they want to do. I think that what we have is a pair of asses and one ass beat the other ass. So now we got, now you got my opinion. (laughs) It sounds about right. You, you definitely made your point there. (laughs) Well, I, so as far as the asses are concerned, I win. Yes. Now what, now what is the uh, tie it together? You win at being an ass. (laughs) I, I'm I'm good at being an ass. I appreciate that. You guys have a wonderful night. All right. Thanks for the call. There's your story about uh, him, uh, you know, breaking a guy's hand in, in baseball. Well, you know, that, that that's the thing. If the if the catcher if the if the catcher's got his glove so far forward that the, the that you can hit it <laughs> that you can hit it that yeah that's that's interfering with the swing. Yeah, that's why he got on base, even though the guy's hand got broken. I mean, it's it's a sad story, but you know, this is how. Sports are people get competitive. They probably are looking, you know, they look back in their lives and maybe they would have made a different choice. But in that moment, you're like, I want to win. Yeah. And, and this guy is this guy is not admitting that he touched my that he stuck his hand too far forward. So, yeah, I can I can see where he's coming from and wanting to 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 teach this guy a lesson. Um, I mean, this is basically the debate that's going on with high school football right now is is that these guys are getting hit repeatedly, getting concussions all over a game that they're unlikely to ever really make any money at. Mm. I yeah, mean, most people don't. I mean, yeah, most most people don't. Most of the college players out there are not going to go on to the NFL. They're not going to make, you know, this, uh, you know, the money that they hope to make. And they're blowing their knees out or banging their heads around for Basically nothing. Um, you know, when it comes to college, they could they might get a scholarship. Hopefully, they they play 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 good enough to stay on the team, and they get that free degree, and they can do something do with something, it. Yeah, do something with their lives because yeah, most people that that play college football are not going to play professionally, and mo- even most people who play in high school are not going to play in college. It's a shame to see pe- even high school students, uh, you know, being carried off the field. So, yeah, yeah, ruining your ruining your head, getting that concussion can. It might affect you only for a week, but it might affect your rest of your whole life. We have a had a co-host here on Free Talk Live, Daryl Perry. I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, many longtime listeners do remember him, and he had a terrible problem with concussions. Yeah, he he got one recently that he's he's had it for a couple of weeks. He's still trying to recover from it. Yeah, and the doctors aren't, don't really know what to do with him. 
It's not nice. It's it, it will ruin your life. 855-450-3733. Go on with the story here about Tulsi Gabbard. 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Your calls are welcome, however. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. Hey, everyone. This is Charlie Shrem. You've seen me on the Netflix documentary, Banking on Bitcoin, and the new best-selling book, Bitcoin Billionaires. I want to invite you to join me on my new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on Earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on UntoldStories.com. That's UntoldStories.com. Kicking off the final hour of Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. And Michael. Michael, thanks for sitting in. Aria is, well, sitting with, with us. So basically, you were on one time with Aria, uh, the three of us? Yeah, we we did a show, the three of us together. My my understanding is I was supposed to be a, a recurring Monday night host. Yes, and, and I, then, that's my understanding at this point, too. Then Aria had stuff start to happen at her other job one on Monday nights and... She couldn't make it. Right. And you two hosted a show called, uh, host a show. Host a show called Call to Freedom. Right. And that appears on the Liberty Radio Network. Mm-hmm. That's an afternoon show. Right. Where people can call in and, you know, talk and, you know, do whatever you guys. Just, well, we, yeah, it's basically a, another Liberty show, right? Another another Liberty show. We do a lot of uh, uh, philosophy, uh, religion, cryptocurrency issues, stuff like that. There you go. And, well, thanks for sitting in with me. We're reading an article here from the Ron Paul Institute, where the uh, the, the guy in charge of the Ron Paul Institute, whatever his name is, it's, uh, I read it earlier, Daniel McAdams, he's kind of pointing out what this um, journalist, in air quotes here, is doing to the Tulsi Gabbard campaign. Yeah, if it's from BuzzFeed, you have to put journalist in quotes. I don't know. Is, is she from BuzzFeed? That's uh, what he said in the first paragraph. I didn't realize that. Anyone with a critical eye on the news media can spot Gray's intent. Destroy Tulsi Gabbard by pushing the narrative that she's not really a Democratic Party candidate because so many non-Democrats are interested in her campaign. She's not one of us, in other words. Yeah. A Trojan horse. She can get independent voters to vote for her, so we can't have her be the Democratic nominee. That is a really crappy Which is reason, ri- right? That's ridiculous. That's how you lose elections. Right. Well, no, we got to keep the mainline Democrat that everybody else hates in here. we got to keep old Creepy Joe or got to have um, Rapey McRapans, uh, yeah, Bernie we, Sanders. We can't have centrists running as our, as our candidate. No. Has to be as far left as you can get. Yeah. Um, it... it I the those the Democratic candidates, the mainline ones, are all the same in rhetoric and all crappy from where they come from. Mm. They've all got 
points where you can just knock their legs out from underneath them. I'm not saying you can't do it with uh, Trump either, but you're they need something new. They yeah, need something desperately new. Uh, that's one of the reasons I kind of like this Yang guy, even though I like nothing he stands for. He's just kind of, at least he's coming out and he's saying something a little different than the rest of these creepy people are doing. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's new and different. He, he wants to give everybody $1,000 a month. So And know, Tulsi Gabbard, she's, she's coming out and saying, look, I was a vet and these wars suck. Yeah, well, if you listen to vets, pretty much all of them will tell you the same thing, but no one listens to vets. Not that I'm supporting any one of these, you know, I'm, I'm only supporting them for the Democratic nomination, which isn't the president. I, I mean, somebody's going to be the nominee. Anyway, any, going anyone with a critical, excuse me, um, her piece after the first uh, Democratic debate, that's the author here. Tulsi Gabbard is having a MAGA moment after her debate performance makes her point with all the subtlety of a Stalin-era stenographer. More than any other Democrat candidate, Gabbard has developed a favorable presence in the right-wing media. So she's, you know, he's pointing out, so you, saw, you see, she did it right there. Gray, that's the author, mm-hmm. hammers home her theme. Gabbard's not really a Democratic Party candidate. If you're a Democrat who's tempted to support her, remember, she's a right-winger, not a progressive politician. As many of Gray's other pieces are about how the right-wing is racist, it doesn't take a weatherman to know which way Gray's wind blows. She's pulled the same trick out of her hat for this piece. No, Gabbard's campaign is not like Ron Paul's because she's been able to reach across party and ideological lines to appeal to a diverse group of potential voters, which could be a benefit in places like New Hampshire, a state with a libertarian flavor and liberal rules um, governing party registration for primary voters. No, I've only been around Keene, but I've seen more Tulsi signs here in Keene than any other candidate. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I haven't even noticed it's like Ron Paul's race uh, because it's like Ron Paul's race because she's attracting Ron Paul people and Ron Paul people are all evil racists is the uh, the premise here that uh, the author is suggesting yeah, that the other be. author is making. So uh, here's Gray at her deceptive best. Tulsi Gabbard's campaign is just like Ron Paul's campaign and Ron Paul is. And then the quote comes in, a highly controversial figure who dabbled in conspiracy thinking and whose connection to fringe politics dogged his campaign, especially when racist newsletters from the 1970s through the 1990s with his name on them were surfaced. Why Ron Paul even had the audacity suggests that American military adventurism had proved a motive for the 9-11 attacks. Here's well, where uh, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> I mean, this is not news. Yeah. Here's where Gray shows her true colors by taking the Giuliani side and the Giuliani moment. She openly embraces the long discredited neoconservative position that uh, the resentment of the United States and the Muslim world is not because the U.S. government has been bombing and killing Muslims for the past 30 or more years. No, they hate us because we're so good and so free. Yeah. Try 60 or 70. But yeah, point taken. Why is Rosie Gray so desperate to paint Tulsi Gabbard as an evil right-wing racist who in no way deserves the attention of any self-respecting Democratic Party voter? She's just doing the bidding of her uh, paymasters. BuzzFeed's not the plucky independent news outlet it likes to portray itself as being. It's the largest. Its largest shareholder is NBC Universal, whose news component is as mainstream media as mainstream media can be. The NBC Universal has pumped at least $400 million into BuzzFeed. As any struggling media outlet will agree, $400 million does not uh, a plucky upstart make. Yeah, I mean, BuzzFeed used to be this small little plucky upstart thing, and they they did, like, uh, celebrity news and things like that, but then they started getting into politics and kind of, 
uh, started losing money by the by the fistful, and then I guess NBC bought them. And uh, you know, I do agree that any article I see on Tulsi Gabbard appears to be a hit piece. Now that for me makes me huh. Let's start looking at this. Yeah, I uh, there was one in uh, Newsweek from back in May that said she wanted to. Uh, drop the charges against Julian Assange and pardon Edward Snowden. She said that she would pardon Assange and Edward Snowden right. in the most recent thing here, and I think that that's very interesting. I'd like to see Ross Ulbricht added to the list. Yeah, so would I. I have promised to vote for Trump if he uh, pardons Ross Ulbricht um, at yeah, this Ari point. Ari said most, mo- much the same thing, He'd that she would vote for any, any candidate who uh, would pardon Ross Ulbricht. Well, Don, Donald Trump actually has the ability to do it now, mm-hmm. um, so I would like to see him put up before the election comes along. But, you know, I think that that would draw in a bunch of libertarian votes that he wouldn't otherwise have. And at this point, votes are meaningful for Trump because his first election was rather close. And, I mean, he didn't win the majority vote, of votes. Yeah. yeah, he didn't win the popular vote. So it seems like he would be concerned with that. But that's, you know, it's a it's a promise I've made, and if he chooses not to do that, then I don't have to stick by the promise. The purpose of BuzzFeed is to appear edgy while keeping everyone on the reservation. You must support the mainstream Democratic candidates. There's a danger that Tulsi Gabbard might actually make a move to end the endless wars that provide a steady stream of income to the corporate news that the partner that partners with military industrial complex to uh, push the endless wars. Now, that is a conspiracy theory right there. I don't know what's true other than, yes, it seems like most of the articles against Tulsi Gabbard are hit pieces. Yeah. And, yes, the mainstream news does not take a strong enough uh, look at uh, sort of foreign adventurism. But yeah. I think they could be doing that for a variety of reasons. I don't they, know what Well, you know, they make enough money off of it. If it bleeds, it leads. I mean, that's that's been uh, that's been news rule number one forever. That's why Gray and her propagandists in the mainstream media push the false narrative that President Trump was an agent to the Russian government. His campaign rhetoric about getting along with Russia and endless pointless wars overseas was threatening big uh, media's profits. Like most politicians, his promises proved to be a lot of hot air, but he still had to be kneecapped by the fourth estate, just in case. He goes on here, I'll give this to Gray. In one way, the Tulsi Gabbard campaign is like the Ron Paul campaign. The mainstream media hates both of their guts. But thankfully, the American people increasingly hate the mainstream media's guts. So there you go. Um, This is what the Ron Paul Institute says about Tulsi Gabbard. And I largely agree with their assessment is, is that why? Why does every mainstream media article about Tulsi Gabbard have to be some kind of hit piece? They don't want her getting the nomination. That's it. That's it. 855-450-3733. What do you think, listeners? What's the reason? 855-450-FREE. talk live and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves that's what we do here on free talk live it's mark with you and michael more and more people are being concerned with the online tracking of our movements and personal data via mobile phones gone are the days when only the bad guys were tracked now everyone's being tracked every minute by their mobile phones and tablets and don't think that putting your phone in airplane mode will stop it 
In airplane mode, your location history is still recorded by your phone and transmitted later when you reconnect. If you want to know how to stop tracking on your phone and prevent your phone from being hacked, you can visit godarkbags.com slash FTL. Are you being treated like a wild animal, um, tagged and tracked for scientific study, so tech companies can make a fortune selling your location history? You value your privacy and want to be absolutely certain of your mobile phone cannot be hacked or its location tracked. You should get one of the Faraday bags by going to GoDarkBags at GoDarkBags.com slash FTL. GoDarkBags.com slash FTL. And I've heard about people who say, you know, I talk about something with my friends and then it ends up uh, an advertisement coming to me on Facebook. I've been having that happen to me recently. Mm, has it? And it doesn't surprise me. Everybody's all concerned with Alexa and, uh, you know, your Google Home thing or whatever it's, it all is. You're carrying around a device that listens to you and tracks your yeah. location all the time. That's true. Your your phone pretty much knows what you're thinking. But, uh, you know, I, I've tried one of these Go Dark bags, and it does work. It does do exactly what it says yeah, on the Yeah, mine did too, yeah. Uh, you just... There's a you yeah you have to actually fold the top over yep. twice. There's a little warning about that. Fold the top over twice and and you're good to go. It's not waterproof, but it makes it more water resistant. Yeah, so if you're going out on a boat or something like that, it's a good idea to pop. If it, it falls overboard, you're you're still going to be in trouble. But if it just splashes some water on it, you should be fine. Yeah. GoDarkBags.com/slash/ftl. But yeah, the, I, that has not happened to me yet. But I I take some pretty extraordinary privacy measures on my on my computer and on my phone so yep. i have never had it happen to me where the you go to these is. hacker conventions and stuff you know what all this stuff is <laughs> should yeah, do an I, interview with you on just how to be more private online yeah i i root my phone i put an ad blocker on it which is very hard to do on android is that so Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I guess iPhones are getting ad blockers now, but uh, to stop this stuff, you really have to have an ad blocker on your phone, and, and right now it's very difficult to do on, on an Android. Let's go real quick to uh, David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind is what, what does real quick mean? I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um couple things. First, uh, NPR, you promoted NPR earlier, so I'm talking about that. I'm not promoting it, but uh, I listen to it. Well, it sounds very promotional to me, so I'm entitled to my own opinion. All right. It sounds very promotional. The, um, the uh, earlier, is that a, uh, what you mentioned earlier, is that a, um, a Pakistani martial arts technique that you mentioned earlier? What is earlier? that? The, uh, the uh, uh, Karachi chopping. Karachi chopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You did say that, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I, I completely uh, oh, missed that the first time. Karachi chopping. Um, oh, another fun one. The other day, you uh, you were talking about uh, ET. The uh, coincidentally, the um, the woman who wrote ET, Melissa Matheson, uh, served me a glass of wine in in her home in Jackson, Wyoming, at her ranch home. I don't know how it is that you managed to find all these uh, these semi-famous people, but uh, you certainly do. What um, was the term E.T.? I know, well, like I was a kid when E.T. came out. I know that they the term extraterrestrial certainly existed prior to E.T. the movie. But did anyone use the term E.T. to describe aliens prior to the movie E.T.? Well, I don't have the final answer, but I'm okay. positive for my own purposes that ET was an abbreviation used for extraterrestrial, terrestrial, yep. 
long before that screenplay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure it was. That's pretty good. Oh, and by, yeah, and by the way, uh, uh, Melissa Matheson, who wrote E.T., uh, she was Harrison Ford's wife at the time and the mother of his children. Well, there you go. He, he happened to be away from Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, oh, and it was Halloween, and we were trick-or-treating, and we were uh, obviously the only trick-or-treaters they were going to get because they lived out in the middle of nowhere where nobody but a few of us knew where they lived. And, and so I went with my girlfriend, um, who, who happens to be from the same area as Chris, is from in Oregon, and and she had hair down to her butt, so she put, them, put it up in uh, Princess Leia buns and made herself an outfit to match and then made an outfit for me to look like, uh, look like uh, her brother. Uh, Luke, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker? We went, we went and, yeah. That way, so that just in case Harrison down. Ford was home, you could have been a threesome. Exactly. Uh, get a picture there. Awesome. Uh, great exactly. story, David. Thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. It's yep. 855-450-free. If you want to trip over a celebrity every five feet, go to Jackson, Wyoming. That's where they all are. Is that so? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've heard it's, the name. Well, it's of the a place, place for, for rich people to vacation. So. Hmm. Let's go to your story from Reason Magazine about the Democratic Socialists of America's convention, because this thing is hilarious. Yeah, I just I just found this during the last news break. So uh, <clears throat> at the Democratic Socialists of America convention, clapping, chatter and gendered language are considered triggering. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, clapping. The, clapping. Yes. The, well, you'll 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 see why in just a second. This, OK. This did come from Reason Magazine uh, just today. Uh, Democratic socialists earned some ridicule this weekend after video clips from their annual convention, which showed attendees objecting to clapping, disruptive chatter, and the use of gendered language on grounds that all of these things were triggering, appeared online. And they do link to some of the videos in here. Uh, Disruptive chatter, like talking amongst yourself while the speaker's up there, somehow triggers. That's disruptive and it's triggering. (laughs) God. So... One, I mean, I can't imagine why people even go to this this uh, thing. Is it just to pick up chicks? And uh, well, apparently there are actually some democratic socialists who are committed to the ideology. Okay, and presumably they were here. Uh, one person took to the podium to thank his fellow comrades for waving their hands in the comrades. air instead of clapping since sudden loud noises can be harmful for easily perturbed members of the audience. I am easily perturbed i've I've never been bothered by clapping. No. I can imagine somebody would be. There's, I don't like it when people clap for things I don't like. There's you, there's somebody out there, I am sure, for who for whom clapping is a real problem. It it could happen. I can I can see it happen. Sure, somebody's I, an a-hole. So, quote, we have a lot of disabled comrades, he said. He reminded everyone to quote, avoid hissing, avoid waving banners. There's all sorts of things. <laughs> avoid the things. Oh yeah, all the you have to avoid all the things. No hissing. Do not express disapproval of a stupid idea. Oh no, don't. Well, it's it's a Democratic Socialist Convention. You're you're not going to have anyone there that will do that. <laughs> going uh, so on. It's difficult, of course, to impose total silence on a political action conference. Yeah, yeah, that would be difficult. At one point, a convention delegate interrupted another person's speech about, quote, defeating capitalism, end quote, to make a, quote, quick point of personal privilege. What is a quick point of personal privilege? About personal privilege? Or? Yeah, about about personal privilege. Okay, yeah. 
the delegate the delegate began by reminding the audience that he uses he slash him pronouns and then implored guys please keep the chatter to a minimum because he's very prone to sensor, sensory overload oh god and god. what happened next 855-450-3733 here on free talk live back in a moment business owners you want more customers accept cryptocurrencies there's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store if only you would take it i know you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy well good news help me take bitcoin.com adds bitcoin to your point of sale totally free use the same equipment you already have now with bitcoin and unlike credit cards there's no fees let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com Free Talk Live. We're talking about the Democratic Socialist National Convention here on Free Talk Live. And, oh, it looks like it was a barrel of laughs with these folks. Real quick, though, I want to tell you about how you can get some uh, gold. It, now, Right now, gold has been sort of on the move recently, and I think you're going to see it continue to move because there are more and more indicators of some kind of coming recession. And gold seems to be one of the places that people go during a recession. Yeah, it's it's perceived as safe when when the markets go down. Perceived as like the safest investment ever. Um, throughout history. And McIlvaney ICA has a free report that you can download if you'd like to learn more about investing in precious metals. Should you be getting into numismatics or should it be bullion or, you know, these kind of things? All kinds of questions. The six advantages of adding precious metals to your IRA and how you can double your ounces. Yeah, they've got a program that allows you to uh, like switch back and forth between gold and silver with the expectation that you can continually get more and more uh, on your investment uh, as a result. They also have sort of online digital options where you don't even have to be involved with a person to buy gold. They've really got some great options. They've been innovators in the precious metal space since 1972. As a matter of fact, the guy, McIlvaney, um, he was one of the ones instrumental in bringing gold back and uh, as an, an investment platform for investors. They also have helped thousands of investors with precious metals IRAs. Call McIlvaney ICA today for your free portfolio review. They'll help you out. They'll take a look. 800-525-9556. I've talked to one of their uh, guys there, and he was very useful to me. 800-525-9556. I have gotten some gold from them, and I consider them to be a great resource. 800-525-9556. ICAgoldsilver.com. That's ICAgoldsilver.com. So... It, Michael, it looked here like uh, you were getting to some uh, really fun little interaction that was going on at the Democratic National the Democratic Socialist Socialists of America National yeah. Convention that yeah. happened over the weekend, and uh, it was uh, there were a few points where where people just seemed to be triggering each other over and over again, just different in different ways. Uh, one person interrupted another person's speech about defeating capitalism to make his own quick point about personal privilege. He said. Uh, Guys, please keep the chatter to a minimum. And then someone interrupted him and shot back and said, please don't use gendered language to address everyone. 
uh, that person objected to the previous speaker's use of the word guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Guys is now a, like, it's a gendered term. It's supposed to be, say, folks or mm. something. I, I've read all these people. Like, you just can't do anything right you, you, with well, these sorts. Yeah, they're, they're saying guys is a gendered term because it, apparently it, it's it, a gendered certainly, term. Certainly, historically it was, but I think that it can also be used as a non-gendered term. Yeah, I mean, people use it as a non-gendered term, but uh, that's not good enough. Not good enough. It's so, triggering. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, going on with the story from Reason, it is not at all uncommon to see the DSA sidetracked by infighting over unreasonable requests related to language and disability status. That's the Democratic Socialists of America. Mm-hmm, the Democratic Socialists of America. Yeah. In my book, the, the reporter's book about modern activism, Panic Attack, Young Radicals in the Age of Trump, I describe how the DSA's Medicare for All campaign was criticized by the DSA's Disability Caucus, whose members claimed that they should have the ultimate authority over issues pertaining to, pertaining to health and wellness. Well, is, there you go. Yeah. Well, it is widely believed within progressive circles that the oppressed are the sole experts on their own oppression and that deference should be given to the most marginalized groups. In practice, this creates some weird standoffs. I imagine that's true. Yeah, that is from, uh, from the book. Uh, this is a quote from the book. Since disabled people are especially affected by health care policy, the Medicare for all group had essentially failed to let disabled people be the experts on their own oppression and intersectionality. No, no. I see. Amber Ali Frost, a Medicare for all proponent and prominent DSA member known for co-hosting the left wing Chapo Trap House podcast, hit back, accusing her critics of trying to sabotage the movement with their, quote, pathological antisocial behavior. (laughs) (laughs) This, This made matters much worse because the comment was perceived as an attack on the autistic community. Oh, that's great. Uh, Frost had committed ableism. Several dozen DSA members signed a petition demanding that she, quote, immediately remove herself from any involvement, official or unofficial, with the DSA's Medicare for All campaign, and should she not, that she be removed, end quote. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know... And this is the truth is, is that basically any anybody who's, uh, you know, claims to be oppressed in any way, uh, they have they are the expert in that particular uh, realm. And it it does make for some odd things. So, for instance, I will not be confused with a black guy by anybody. However, I have heard. From uh, people that apparently there are there's infighting within the black community over things like black community. I don't even know what that means. Some black people tell other black people that they don't get to have an opinion because they're not black enough. Not black enough. Okay. Right. Hey, are they what are they just not black enough? Not, how, how do you be not black enough? I don't know. Uh, but apparently it then gets down to skin color and then, you know, uh, hair and a variety of things. And people just sort of goes back and forth. When you start using physical characteristics to determine whether somebody else, can, somebody can have an opinion on a subject, it gets really strange. Uh, yeah. Strange is not quite the first word that came to mind. Right. Uh, well, I mean, it, it it's strange. <laughs> It's it's strange to hear that that black people are are criticizing other black people for not being black enough. It's certainly done. Well, don't forget the uh, 
Rochelle, uh, what's that, Donacelle uh, gal that was uh, out in oh, yeah, Oregon or something. Washington basically State, I think. Not white, not black at all, pretending to be black um, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Identifying as black. I prefer yeah, to use that terminology. Identifying as black when she was uh, a very pale white. Yeah. So she was tanning and getting her hair permed and doing a variety of things. And I, for me, honestly... If she's going through all the trouble to look black, then what's the problem with her, uh, you know, whatever? She's self-identifying as black. She's running the NAACP. Is she doing a bad job of that? Mm, well, then what's the not problem? Not that I heard. No, yeah. no, she seemed to be doing a fine job running the NAACP, and nobody was criticizing her until it came out that she was actually uh, white as the driven snow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, continuing on. Uh, th- this removal from the Medicare for All campaign was necessary because intersectionality means casting suspicion on organizing efforts if these efforts do not make the marginalized the center of attention. Yeah, that's exactly what it all comes down to. And that I'm not sure how that serves anybody. How do, if you want to be the center of attention, that's that's narcissistic. I mean, come on. Yeah, it is. See, I can do this, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, speaking for the narcissists, feel like I have the opportunity to talk here. Hmm. There you go. Uh, last little bit of this uh, story. No one should come away from the coverage of the DSA convention with the idea that attendees did nothing but call out each other's pronouns, though. Uh, listening to the live stream, uh, this reporter heard heated discussions about significant policy issues like criminal justice reform, supporting the presidential campaign of Bernie Sanders, and combating, quote, Lex Luthor-esque scumbag Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> of the various fact- uh, factions of progressive activism, the DSA is by far the most organized and the least likely to be derailed by culturally woke signaling. And this is the culturally woke thing is it truly is this this identity politics is going to eat itself. And I think the the premier example of this is TERFs. Have mm. you heard this term? Uh, trans exclusionary radical feminists. Yes. Right. So these are feminists that don't like the trans people. Yes. And you can't get two more sort of liberal groups than trans people and feminists. And when they can't stand each other. I got no. you. Where this do you political go game that? is about creating alliances. <laughs> if you can't create alliances among your most closely allied, you're doomed. Yeah, pretty much. 855-450-3733. Final segment coming up. 855-450 free here on Free Talk Live. Love to hear from you. Talk Live final segment. We might be able to squeeze you in if you call in now. The number 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Mark with you. And Michael. If you want to reach people with the ideas of liberty, you have a few options. One of them that I think works really well is doing it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. You can reach thousands of people with a bumper sticker. I and love seeing people's bumper stickers. I don't always love what's on them, but I always look at them. You scoot forward in line to be able to, you know, car line to be able to sort of read them and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah people love yeah. bumper stickers. 
Uh, and they have a vast selection of witty, poignant, pithy, and downright bombastic liberty-oriented messages over at libertystickers.com. Well worth checking out, libertystickers.com. I like to just go through and read them. Yeah, their stickers I love. And they probably have one that's relevant to every situation except this one. From the Daily Mail, man who donated his mother's body to an Arizona center for Alzheimer's research discovered... It was sold to the U.S. military for $6,000, strapped to a chair, and blown up in a blast test. How does that even happen? How, I have no think, idea. You think your body's going to scientific research and it ends up in the hands of the military and they blow it up? Right. That, the, uh, what? The USA done blowed up grandma. Why? Doris How? Stauffer. 73, died in hospice uh, care following the several-year battle with Alzheimer's, despite doctors saying she didn't carry the gene for the disease. That sounds interesting, right? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. You, I mean, if there's a disease for- If there's an Alzheimer's uh, genes, gene, but she doesn't have it, but she has Alzheimer's, maybe there's something that, that they missed. Or there's something worth looking at here. Right. Medical officials fear the disease may have mutated and hope to study her brain after her death, but her neurologist was unable to accept her remains. Finally, her son settled on the Biological Resource Center in Maricopa County and signed an agreement to donate Doris's brain to Alzheimer's research. Days later, he received a wooden box labeled, uh, labeled with his mother's ashes and an ID number, but it was later discovered to contain just the ashes from her hand. The rest of her remains were sold to the U.S. military, strapped into a chair, and blown up in a blast test to study what happened to human re- uh, remains in, excuse me, humans in cars hit by IEDs. Hmm. So, not to say that that doesn't have some value, but it's shocking as it could possibly be. Yeah, that's definitely something that that I guess the military would need to study, but how how this body got from Alzheimer's research to the military blowing it up, it just doesn't follow. It's not something you expect to happen. Well, either somebody didn't read the contract properly <laughs> or somebody didn't care about what was written in the contract. Mm. One of the two. Yeah, my, my guess probably the, probably the, the, uh, the latter. Yeah. So an Arizona man has spoken out about the heartbreak he endured when learning that the body of his mother, when, uh, which he donated to a medical research center, was sold off to the military and blown up in a blast test experiment. Doris Stauffer, 73, uh, f- died five years ago in hospice care following a several-year battle with Alzheimer's, despite doctors saying she didn't carry the gene for the disease. Medical officials feared the condition may have mutated and hoped to study her brain after her death to further investigate. However, when she died in 2014, her neurologist was unable to accept her remains, so her son, Jim, reached out to a number of donation facilities whom he hoped would be able to continue the investigation. Finally, he settled on biological... One wonders why the neurologist couldn't accept the uh, remains. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. He settled on Biological Resource uh, Center in Maricopa County following a recommendation from a nurse under the agreement that the company, led by uh, Stephen Gore, would send her brain to a neurological research group. I feel foolish, Jim Stauffer told Fox 6, uh, learning that the true fate of his mother's remains because I'm not trusting, n- not a trusting person, but this situation, you have no idea what's going on. You trust. 
I think that trust is what they fed on. Yeah, well, you pretty much have to trust them to, to do what they say they're going to do. It's not like you are going to walk through the whole process with the dead body yourself. Right. I mean, you know, and if your loved one wants to be donated to science or whatever, uh, I mean, I don't think what they're thinking of is blast testing. Yeah, this is not this is not what you think. And this is not what you have in mind. I mean, what this guy obviously had in mind is that that his mother's brain was going to be taken out and sent to some laboratory somewhere to be studied. And that's what he hoped. And I think that there's very good reason to hope that with the fact that she didn't have the genetic markers for Alzheimer's, but in fact had the disease or supposedly. So Jim recalls how an official from BRC, that's the company came to pick up his mother's remains within 45 minutes of her death. Wow. There he said he signed an agreement with the official in which uh, it was detailed that would uh, what would and would not happen uh, to Doris's remains. Several days later, he received a wooden box that contained the majority of his mother's ashes. However, no information was provided on how Doris's body was used or where the rest of her remains were. And why would there be? Another three years would pass before he learned what really happened to his mother when a reporter from Reuters sent him a series of documents. Oh, wow. That... That's a terrible way to learn learn something like this. Shocking. It, when just the, when shocking. the press calls you about it. Yeah, the records show that the BRC workers detach one of uh, Doris Taufer's hands for cremation. After sending these ashes back to her son, the company sold and shipped the rest of Stauffer's body, including her brain, to a taxpayer-funded research blast testing project for the U.S. Army. Doris's cadaver was then strapped into a chair in some sort of apparatus, and an explosive device was detonated beneath her. The idea of the experiment was to get an idea of what the human body goes through when a vehicle is hit by an IED that got documents detailed. And I can see why they want to know that, especially like five years ago. There's actually wording in this paperwork about performing this stuff, Jim said, performing these medical tests that may involve explosives. And we said no. We checked the no box on all that. BRC and the military records show that at least 20 other bodies were also used in the blast experiments without permission of the donors or their relatives. The donated bodies were all sold to the military for $5,900 each, six grand. Officials of the project said that they never received the consent forms from the donors or their families that along uh, that uh, families that along with their cadavers. Instead, they were forced to rely on the assurances of BRC that the families or donors had all agreed and used uh, in the specified type of research. They'd be used in the special, specialized type of research. No, I can't imagine very many families saying, yeah, go ahead and blow up my loved one. Uh, there's not too many that would, but I, I, I can't imagine it happening, especially if, if somebody's been in the military and wants to, wants to donate their, their body to, to something like this to help other people in the future. I mean, I can see it happening, but I don't see this person doing it. This is pretty shocking. Um, we'll have this uh, story up. You can go to our Telegram group. Go to telegram.freetalklive.com and sign up, and you can uh, read the rest of it. I want to go real quick to Guy calling in from Florida. Guy, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, thank you. Um, you're talking about the requirements to be president, and the comment was made, all you need is a birth certificate. Pretty much. And this is one of the things that the ignorance of the American public has cost us much. Okay. The requirements to be president, according to the Constitution, Uh-huh. You have to be 35 years of age. Right. That's pretty easy for most people to prove. And you could prove you it with a birth certificate. years resident of the United States, and that's fairly easy. Uh-huh. And you have to be a natural-born citizen. Right. And most people have no clue what that means. All right. Well, there's a lot of argument about it, actually. I mean, you, you can read. No, there's no argument about it. Oh, there's it. no argument. The Heritage Foundation didn't just write an article about this refuting some thoughts. No arguments. Go ahead. 
if you checked what the founders wrote and you checked the source material they used when they wrote the Constitution, which was the tome Laws of Nations written by Belly in 1750s, it says a natural-born citizen is a person born in a country and at the time of the birth, both of their parents are citizens of that country. Anything less than that is not a natural-born citizen. So McCain wouldn't have been eligible. If your parents are on foreign or on a foreign land in service to the government, so like a missionary or a, John a, a diplomat or something, or John military. McCain. Right. Okay. I'm sorry? So John McCain would count as a natural-born citizen under that definition. Yes, because his his father was in the military service and he was stationed in a foreign land in service to the U.S. government. Yes. Okay. Fine. So that's natural okay. born. All right. I think so the birth certificate will help with that information. Okay. Now, on the other hand, um, you, you have several people now that aren't. Art. Ed Cruz was never a natural born citizen and can't be considered one. Marco Rubio, born in Florida. Both parents at the time of his birth were Cuban nationals. They were not U.S. citizens. He's a native-born U.S. citizen, not a natural-born citizen, and he does not qualify under the terms of the Constitution as the founders wrote the requirement. Well, neither of them became president, so I guess we don't have to worry about it. Okay. And Trump never postulated that Barry Satoro or Barack Obama, whatever name you want to use for him, was born outside the United States. He just said... We need proof of your birth. I can't wait for your amicus brief to the uh, United States Supreme Court, Gary. Guy, you feel like it? I feel like you're not a wild animal and you shouldn't be tagged and tracked like one. Where you go and what you do every minute of the day, tracked and recorded by your mobile phone, is often more revealing than your browser history. And tech companies make a fortune selling your location history without your consent. Go Dark Bags prevent location tracking and protect your privacy by instantly blocking all cell phone, GPS, and Wi Fi signals to your mobile device. Plus, they're durable, water resistant, and built for a lifetime of protection. Visit godarkbags.com forward slash FTL. That's godarkbags.com forward slash FTL.